Hi there, I'm talking to you. Yes, you. My name is Sherry, my pup's name is Sunny, and we're training to be an animal-assisted counseling team. You're listening to the Therapy Dog Talk podcast, the show that interviews past, present, and future therapy dog teams about how they're making an impact in their communities. Today we're talking with Dr. Taylor Chastain Griffin about her experiences incorporating therapy animals into her own work as a mental health professional, as well as her roles as Executive Director at the Association of Animal Assisted Intervention Professionals and the National Director of AAI Advancement at Pet Partners. We'll discuss how Taylor began her career as a dog trainer before becoming a mental health professional why she decided to contribute to AAI research and standardization, and what you should look for in selecting a therapy animal organization. Before we hop in, if you're just getting started on your therapy dog journey and feeling a bit lost, I've put together a free guide for you, which you can find on my website at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. Without further ado, meet Dr. Taylor Chastain Griffin. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. Do you prefer to go by Taylor, Dr. Griffin, Dr. Jessine? You can call me Taylor, absolutely. <laughs> All right. I wasn't sure. Everyone has different preferences. So, but kudos to you for earning that title because I know that's super hard work. Thank you. Yes, it was an adventure for sure. <laughs> I thought it was. For those who don't know you, can you introduce yourself to us as well as your animal partners? Absolutely. So I am Taylor. I have so many animal partners. I actually have nine dogs and three cats. Many of my animals are retired therapy animals. Right now I have three that are more active. I have a lovely Irish wolfhound named Tinsley. I have a teeny tiny little terrier mix named Penny. She is three pounds, four pounds and bosses the Irish wolfhound around. And they're kind of the dream team right now. I'm working with my standard poodle Haven who was recently rescued, but I think she's going to make a great therapy animal. So fingers crossed. That's awesome. I know you're super into rescuing and fostering, which is really great. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm not the best foster as uh, any of my rescue friends can attest because I keep so many. (laughs) My husband's actually even worse. I used to foster way more, but he is even more of a sucker than I am. But there's such a need out there, especially now. So yeah, well, you know, if if their foster fails, it's because they were just meant to be with you. So it's absolutely (laughs) (laughs) the goal is to find them a home. You found them a home. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I know. That's uh, I, we shouldn't be able to talk. Uh, next time I'm, I have a foster, I'm going to be like, look, don't you think this dog should stay with me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an enabler for that. So yep. don't, don't ask me to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> so Taylor, how did you initially begin integrating animals into your practice? And how has that really evolved for you? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good question. So, you know, when I was looking for what career to get started in, in my early 20s, I was torn because I really loved working with animals, but I also loved people. And I wanted there to be a way to kind of integrate both of those passions. I was a a dog trainer and am a dog trainer, but had a busy dog training career in the Atlanta area for a while. And at that time was going through my master's in mental health counseling program and thought, you know, I will get in um, private practice and work with my therapy animals. And that will be kind of the end of the journey for me. But um, as soon as I got started, I saw not only is there just such potential for animals to help people in the helping professions, but that it's often not a clear path forward, as you know, so decided to go back to school and to help standardize the intervention to help gain respect. So people look at us with our therapy animals and know what we're doing is scientific, empirically validated, really impactful intervention. So just kind of married my two passions together. And now here I am. 
I love that. I did that kind of backwards. I found my way into mental health and then I decided to become a dog trainer, <laughs> so, but still wanting to work in animal assisted interventions. It's just funny because I came from it from the other angle, but yeah. yeah well, like- they're very similar, right? I oftentimes, some, when I was training dogs and their humans, I felt like I was in counseling sessions. So there's a lot we could talk about there. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I noticed that just learning about dog behavior and just how much of it is similar to what you learn about when you learn about mental health and, yeah. and helping people with that. So a lot of overlap. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely. What surprised you the most along your AAI journey? I think the biggest surprise for me was that it's such a journey. It's not a destination. You know, that's in the very beginning. I thought I will become registered with my therapy animals and it will become a team and that'll be it. But it's just um, about the intervention as a whole. It's such as Dr. Aubrey Fine says, it's a dance. And so you're always learning new things. You're always learning new things with different people you work with, with different animals you work with. And so I love that because it keeps me growing and just keeps me inspired. There's just, I become more humble every day that I'm in this profession because I realize how much more there is to learn from our animals. Yeah, I love that. What do you enjoy the most about working with animals? I love everything that animals encourage us to be as humans. So like my favorite saying, my motto, I have it all around my house and my office is to be the person that my dogs think I am. And it's such a challenge sometimes because they hold us with such unconditional positive regard and they are so present and they invite us to be silly and not take ourselves too seriously. And they're also such good like emotional thermometers. So not only for me personally, but when I'm working in the past with clients, both both in dog training and in mental health, you can learn so much about how a person's doing based on how their animal is responding. And so I think there's just so much that we could do there as a profession and as people to just take lessons from animals and to be better people because of them. Yeah, someone commented high expectations. Our animals do <laughs> high expectations of us. <laughs> they do, they do, especially those rescues. You know, I, all of my animals, but there's, we joke in my family about how sometimes the rescues are like the little hard eye emojis and look at us like, my world is so much better now and I want to live up to that. I really want to yeah. be, you know, the person that they see me as. Yeah, but also please get off your computer. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they don't understand. What are you doing? We could be outside playing. Right, right. In addition to working with your own animals, you're also involved with Pet Partners and their sister organization, AAIP or AAAIP, as I know you call it. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about your roles there and why you decided to get involved? Absolutely. So I was just so fortunate to land at the perfect organization for me. So I started off as a volunteer with Pet Partners. And so my dogs and I would visit you know, places like nursing homes or hospitals all around the community. Each animal had their own preference. And then I came on to work with Pet Partners about four years ago. And I oversee animal-assisted interventions advancement, which just means I help to support research. We fund research at Pet Partners. I help work with other researchers to make sure we're capturing the best possible intervention, moving the field forward, really protecting animal welfare, providing our handlers with education. And so I wear that hat at Pet Partners. But we were so fortunate with Pet Partners to start a sister organization here early this year in March. 
Pet Partners, you know, does a wonderful job of serving those volunteers who come and help with their animals in different settings throughout the community where they're not being paid. But people like me, who was a mental health counselor, often didn't have a place to go for resources. So we launched AAAIP now to serve all different kinds of professionals who bring therapy animals into their work. So mental health counselors, occupational therapists, educators, dentists, lawyers, we're hearing from a lot of different professions now that want to unleash the power of the human animal bond and what they do. That's awesome. And I know some of those professionals you talk about in AAAIP may or may not have their own animal because some will partner with volunteers, which we actually had a guest on a few episodes ago who was a volunteer with a few different professionals, whether it was mental health or occupational therapy. So it was really kind of cool to see from the other side of that, what it was like for someone to volunteer with a professional. That is so cool. We hear so much from volunteers that they love to do that. I actually have seen some volunteer names come up who I know who do that as well, joining us today. And it's so important because not all professionals have an animal who is a good fit to work with them. And even if you do, it's a lot. Like I have so many dogs, it's kind of an excuse. But partially <laughs> when I was doing you know, more mental health full time, you have to have animals who can work with you throughout the day and not get overburdened. You have a different degree of fit with certain clients and certain animals. So I definitely encourage professionals to reach out and find volunteer handlers in their area. You can train them up how you'd like, you know, give them some extra training about your vocation. And for volunteer handlers, I know it really tends to be just super rewarding to see an animal integrated into a formal treatment plan and to get to kind of watch that progress. Yeah, you brought up that different degree of fit a couple of times now, just in just now and what you were talking about, but also earlier when you were talking about the different environments that different ones may volunteer in. How do you determine with your dogs which environments they're enjoying, which ones they can thrive in and which ones just really aren't the best match for them? Yeah, so at Pet Partners and AAAIP, we talk so much about understanding your animal's body language and having an established relationship with them so that you can be their advocate. And so that's really what directs where my animals work. And I can tell based on their energy level, based on any degree of tension they might hold in their body, and especially what I learned through the years working with my animals is how are they after a visit? So, you know, I have some animals who would go with me and not show any stress on a visit, but then I notice they're really tired after being in a certain setting. I have a poodle, Ivy, who's retired now, but she knew the name of the senior living (laughs) facility that we went to. And I could say that name and she would run to the door. And so if you monitor what your animals are telling you and respect those wishes, then you can really find an area where they'll not only be most impactful, but that they'll really most enjoy what they do. I love that. That's so well put. You talked a little bit about the differences between AAAIP and pet partners. And I know back in April for National Therapy Dog Day, we talked with Elizabeth Van Emery, one of your colleagues at Pet Partners. And that was shortly after the AAAIP launch. But I'm sure you have a little bit more insight now as to the differences between them and everything now that you're coming up on one year almost, kind of, sort of. Feels like it's almost one year. (laughs) It does feel like it's been a year, yes. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to share on the differences between those two organizations? Yeah. So many people are going to end up belonging to both. So many professionals still seek to volunteer with their therapy animals. And in a lot of fields, that's considered best practice in terms of getting started. So you can come to pet partners to take your therapy animal evaluation to register with your animal. But then when you're out visiting in the world, if you're doing so on a volunteer basis, you know, your liability insurance is covered through pet partners, but it gets to be a little bit more confusing for professionals when they start to get compensated for their work 
their liability insurance at Pet Partners does not cover what you do. So on the very minimum, you'll want to work with an association like AAAIP to find insurance to cover what you do. But even beyond that, it's so valuable to work with a network of other people who are working to advance the field, to learn specific education related to what you do in a formal setting, whether that be education or therapy. We have so many resources at AAAIP. We have coursework. We have the field's first true certification, which is a knowledge-based assessment that you can schedule. It's online proctored, so you can take it anytime. We have closed sessions each month for our members with field experts, so you can ask your questions. And so we're really wanting to be the place where all of these professionals can come together and do what we've talked about for years. At the end of every paper I've ever read on therapy animal interventions, it talks about the need to be more standardized a clearer path forward for professionals. And so that's where we can come together and really carry that torch. Yeah, I know I've joined in for the sessions with Dr. Aubrey Fine over the last three months that you've led with him. I was trying to think of the right word there, moderated, not sure, (laughs) (laughs) hosted. But those were such great conversations and such a rare experience, I think, to be in a small room like that, virtual room. And by small, I mean, like, if you had questions, there was a good chance that he had time to answer them directly, which was a really cool experience because that's not an expert that you would normally have that kind of access to readily. Right. Yeah. And he was so gracious to serve in so many ways to get our association launched. He's been a subject matter expert. He's on our human animal bond advisory board at Pet Partners, but we'll have so many other great experts and even in specific vocations where we're going to be featuring who can help us, you know, those who are getting started in the field and those who've been doing it for a long time. Because as I said, it's not a destination when you're working with an animal. It's best practice to stay engaged, keep learning and to belong to these professional communities. Yeah, definitely. You also mentioned standards a little bit. What do you see the role in AAAIP in looking at those standards and why is it so important to further develop the standards in this field? Yeah. So, you know, when we talk about engaging with animal therapy, animals in a professional setting, there's this whole idea of competencies. And there's been some great leaders who paved the way, thinking of Dr. Leslie Stewart, who's helped to research and pilot competencies in mental health. But in a part of all of the competencies that are emerging, you talk about needing to be engaged in continued education. You talk about needing to learn from other professionals, having consultation hours. And so AAAIP will be the place to deliver upon all of those best practices practices that are emerging in the standards. And we have, you know, therapy animal standards that are well established in the volunteer capacity. And so our next big project at AAAIP is going to get together with professionals and think about what do these standards look like specifically in your intervention. So we have a really solid knowledge base standards. We have our certification that I mentioned, which you can find and take, sit for virtually. And that has been written by subject matter experts all throughout the field to know those knowledge standards. And next, we'll talk about applied standards. You know, it's different for someone who's doing OT versus mental health counseling. And so IP will be the place to really take that conversation to the next level. I love that. And I know, I think it was you who mentioned in an interview I was listening to that at the end of these studies on animal-assisted interventions, they always mention a need for further standards in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been such a call. And I think even when I was a student, I was like, well, what does that even really mean? (laughs) And so we did so much work at Pet Partners before we launched AAAIP to make sure we understood what that means. Like we want to create an association that the field needs. And so everything that you'll see offered through AAAIP has been called for by the professionals who've written those papers and who have been doing this for a long time. So it's our goal to really create 
uh, things that the field needs and to continue to hear feedback from our members and from the profession at large to create those services moving forward. That's great. How does your own background in professional AI work and research shape your goals and your work at AAAIP? Yeah, you know, it just, it motivates me so much because when I have been working with my animals in volunteer settings and professional settings as a trainer, I think we've barely, you know, seen the tip of the iceberg, if you will. Like there's so much more that we could be doing to bring animals into our services. And so I am just so eager to help facilitate the conversations, to help establish a platform. And I feel like, you know, it's been such a a hard and sometimes unreachable thing for people. I hear from professionals who are like, I didn't even know what to Google. Like I was a mental health counselor and thought I'd love to bring my animal, but I don't even know where to start. I don't know what's legit out there. And so I'm just so motivated to help make that path clear for people. Because I think you'll find whether you're an avid animal lover like me and probably everyone who's joining us or, you know, you have just an instinct for helping people, you can still bring animals into your practice to make an even bigger difference. Yeah, I love that. Luna of Capital City has been very active in the comments. So thank you for that, Luna. And I know they had a question, which you're obviously a little bit biased about, but (laughs) they wanted to know how they really determine what organization would be the best fit for them and their animal. That's a great question. And I will try to be um, (laughs) as unbiased as possible. Of course, I'm going to suggest Pet Partners. We have uh, even international presence. And so you can go to petpartners.org to find out if there is a presence in your area. But we also see at Pet Partners that there is a need for therapy animals that far exceeds one therapy animal organization. And so the way to make sure that you are joining a therapy animal organization that's going to best protect you, your animal, and the people that you visit is to look at those therapy animal standards. You can even go to therapy animal standards.org to see what those are and any kind of organization that you're shopping for compare their policies to the policies that are you know the field's commonly accepted standards of practice and as long as you're adhering to those then you're doing the important work and so we applaud any organization that follows those that's great along those lines what advice do you have for someone who wants to begin integrating AI into their professional work Yeah. So first step is always going to make sure that you are solid in whatever profession that you work. So when I was first working in the mental health capacity, I was so fortunate to end up at the same school that Dr. Leslie Stewart had gone through. And so she had given me the advice, you know, make sure you know how to be a counselor first. And that was important. And so once you have those competencies and you're ready, there's so many ways you can get started. You can partner with a volunteer. You can contact partners to find volunteers in your area. If you have an animal who would be good candidate. I would also suggest going about the process of becoming a volunteer, but even less formally going out into your community, seeing how your animal reacts to different people, making sure that they're not stressed, making sure that it's a job that they really want to do. And you can start to integrate ideas about animals into your practice, even before you ever bring a therapy animal. So I've learned over the years how beneficial it can be to set a long runway. So when COVID-19 hit, we coined the term animal related engagement. You can check that out. But this talks about different ideas for how to just incorporate the remembrance of the human animal bond into your work to set the stage. We actually have a course coming out about animal related engagement specifically here at the end of the month. So actually just in a week, I can't believe it's already (laughs) the end of the month. So there's just so many ways to start that conversation and to get your clients prepared, get your animal prepared, and if possible, work with a volunteer in the interim while you get ready with your animal. 
You've mentioned Dr. Aubrey Fine, you've mentioned Leslie Stewart. Are there any other experts in this field that you really recommend people look up and get familiar with their work? Yeah, so there are so many um, great leaders in the field. You can check out Pet Partners Human Animal Bond Advisory Board. That list is posted on the Pet Partners website. We also have many thought leaders at AAAIP. So if you join and become a member that's active in the online community, you're going to see so many experts there waiting for you. Our next event at AAAIP next month is going to be with Dr. Gina Caldwell, a phenomenal behaviorist who also has her PhD in teaching psychology with a focus on therapy animals. I bother her probably more often than I should admit, like texting her questions about my own animals. So (laughs) you can imagine just how much I respect her expertise and ability to help troubleshoot things that might come up with their animals. So we'll continue to feature these experts through AAAIP and in different vocations too. So we have so many experts we've run across here in just the six months that we've gotten started that have been doing what they do very well for a very long time. And we want to elevate their voices. So that will all be a part of being a member of AAAIP. Thank you, Taylor. Is there anything else that you wanted to share while you're here? I'm just, you know, if you're interested in this work, stay focused and it's feasible. It's there. We have AAAIP as your roadmap now. I'm always available to connect with people who are looking for how to get started or any roadblocks that you encounter. You know, we're here as an association to help troubleshoot and we're seeing great results and not only in being able to overcome any barriers and to bring therapy animals into work, but just the stories that we hear from these people who are trained professionals across many different vocations. When you have that extra time that extra way of connecting with people through the power of therapy animals. It really is just unreal what is happening. So don't give up and join our network and help us take this field to the next level. Awesome. I love that. And if people want to take you up on your offer to reach out and connect, where can they find you? So the easiest email address to get taylorc at petpartners.org. So connect with me there and you can also see us on petpartners.org and tripleaiponline.org. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, and thank you to everyone who contributed to the conversation, to Luna, to Is You Mindful, and I just really appreciate you taking the time. (laughs) Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, have a great day. You too. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Therapy Dog Talk. If you did, please do me a favor and leave a review and rating on the podcast platform of your choice. If you have a guest that you think would be a great fit for Therapy Dog Talk, send me an email at hello at therapydogtalk.com. Thank you so much and we'll see you next week.